Hey everybody, this is Jeff. Um, a few things in this episode, uh, I figured I should do a content warning in case uh, the subject of slavery uh, weirds you out or whatever. You might want to skip this one. I cut out a lot of the the details, uh, but you know it enters into the story a little bit here and there. Uh, based on the character that uh, Brittany is playing this time. Um, but yeah, if slavery bothers you, if Frank talk about the implications of that or things around it are too much for you, yeah, you might want to skip this one. Um, if you want a little bit more detail about the world that, that Seraph is from and like more about that, we get into that near the end of the episode after the credits. Uh, so like after the music, I usually put a bunch of funny stuff. And then after that, uh, we kind of go farther afield. We were talking before the episode and we cover, um, well, I guess, uh, I don't know if it made the edit, but we talked a little bit about, um, people that, that threatened suicide and then moved on to, to miscarriages and, and, and how to work through trauma and, and some other stuff. Um, but I front loaded all the funny goofs and then like the more extended conversation is at the end. So, uh, yeah, it's a mixed bag. It's, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, how deep do you want to get in our war for the tower hole? Um, uh, that's my dog clip clopping around the kitchen. So I better go. Um, I hope you like it. Have a good day. The first time Seraph had traveled between worlds, she hadn't really known what was happening. Everything was weird that time, but of course things will be weird when you don't know what to expect. This time, however, things were very, very different. In the first place, she wasn't falling, she didn't tumble, she didn't flop around and end up inside some stranger's body. This time, she just was. One minute, she was shrinking into Janine's skin, wondering what that snake wizard had done to her, and the next, she was inside someone else. Upon recognizing the situation, Seraph did what Seraph does. She played it cool. So the poor woman whose body you were previously occupying is now screaming in a stranger's apartment, wondering what the hell's going on. She still on. has her like cell a... phone on her, though, so she's probably okay. Janine, don't go into the door. <laughs> You've completely lost contact with Janine, and you are in a totally different position. She was standing with a cell phone and a purse. You are you kind of shake for a second because you realized you were tilting back on your chair with uh, one foot up on this big table and another foot up over that and your arms behind your head and a big gut in front of you. And I've got uh, now like a masculine body. Is that correct? Yes. And you feel it immediately. You're like, I mean, you're a changeling. So you, you get it and you're like, oh no, 
oh god i'm a gigantic half orc and there are five <laughs> scum bucket thief like trash around the table in front of me and uh and you feel like a pouch of coins weighing on your your right side and and a short sword on the left side and there's a couple of axes like strapped to a backpack down to your right luckily this feels a lot actually more natural for me because this this is like where i'm from a little bit like i've never been a half work for any extended period of time but um you know i I was a member of the thieves guild. So I'm used to like, you know, scumbag douchebags being around <laughs> and like, I'm used to like being kind of sketchy and I'm used to this more of a, you know, now that I've experienced sort of a technology based society, I'm used to a more like fantasy type society. So this feels more normal for me than Janine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. And you're in a loud pub. Uh, you're not sure yet if it's familiar. Um, and you had just turned your head to the right. Apparently you were in the middle of like telling a joke or a story or something because everybody uh, was kind of leaning forward in their chair. Looked like maybe they've even heard this one, so they're waiting to laugh. And uh, and your mouth is open. like You can't remember what you were going to say, and you're staring at Tormen Kareen, who is the nephew of the terrible people that uh, used to own you. And he he's all the way across the room, maybe 50 feet away at the end of the bar. Bunch of tables between you and him. And he just stares you dead in the face. And you see his fancy blue cloak and the big gold hilt of his sword on his belt. And his, he's got his hand on the scabbard. Maybe because he's in this shitty pub and thinks he might need to show off. And uh, and his like crisp black goatee and his, his piercing brown eyes and his greasy black hair. He's like, he's like Severus Snape with a sword. And he just gives you this dirty ass look. Uh, do a flip for me. Okay. Uh, this will be... Oh, you have all your, all your hit points. And yeah. um, uh, what do we call what is what does Kevin call those? Are they hit points? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, it's just health. Health. That's what it is. Okay, so uh, this will be a what is a relevant skill to to pick up where you are and what who you know and and all that stuff. I guess investigation and wit. Okay. Um, do you have any spe- special powers that'll uh, like? Was it you that? No, no, that was no. Chase had the bullshit detector. <laughs> no, I've got chameleon. So, I mean, in the event that maybe I'll be able to transform ever again, um, <laughs> I can use chameleon, but not right now. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, uh, investigation and wit. And uh, I'll give you an extra card because it's your first flip of the day. And then give yourself an extra one for being healthy. For being healthy. Oh, and did you did you beef up your physical attributes at all? I did. Okay, cool. I guess wit isn't a physical attribute. It's not, but I have some wit, so that's okay. Um, I pulled five, and I have one success. <laughs> okay, so you're not sure if you know any of these people. Uh, you can't even place the bartender, but you definitely see Tormund Kareen. 
fuck that guy. And you kind of wobble on your seat. Um, you hear like one of the scum to your left, like start to laugh and then he gets quiet. And, uh, so clearly you, you didn't do the rest of the story and, uh, you see the table to your right. Like everybody over there was like kind of eavesdropping. And one of them is like smiling, like he's getting ready to laugh. And you realize that the whole pub has gotten quiet. Even the minstrel has stopped plucking and, uh, and Tormund's just staring at you. I say nothing. <laughs> okay. Do you? Uh, I'm just gonna like roll pretend. back onto the chair, uh, or stay where? <laughs> stay in the the seat back position. Um, I'm gonna assume that I have a tankard of ale in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna just take a big old, probably just chug the whole thing. Fuck yeah. All right, you chug the whole thing. Some of it rolls down your chin, uh, goes through your stubble, lands on your chest hair, and uh, you see three dots to the left of your right kind of breast, just off to the side, and there there are three blue dots. It's a tattoo, and and you recognize it as the symbol of the Gravesweepers. And they are kind of a faction of of a local mob group, kind of omerta, you know, doesn't exist. But uh, he he must be a made man, basically. Like he's killed for money, that kind of thing. Sorry, I'm just writing stuff down. (laughs) But so from this, I guess I can, this and seeing Torment across the bar, I can assume that I am in like where I am from. Like, I'm back where I'm from. I'm just a half-orc. I mean, unless Kareen is also dimensional hopping. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> it's not like I'm a, uh, an all-knowing force that, that helped create this world. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you're pretty sure you're back home. I mean, all the all the, like, furnishings look kind of the same. Uh, it's a mix of of stone and and some wood and you know um, it looks like they used the the kind of cheapest materials they could find repurpose chandeliers that kind of so stuff. So it's like a dive bar, like a sketchy bar. It is exactly like a dive bar, except the kind that might be in an Irish neighborhood mm-hmm. in New York or whatever, where there might be some guys that'll beat you up with a bat if you're the wrong group that kind of thing like that like that bar from tangled that flynn takes rapunzel into and he's just like oh look at the blood in that guy's mustache like this is that bar (laughs) i haven't seen that movie but that sounds awesome it's very funny he takes her into a bar to try to scare her and he's just like blondie look at all the blood in his mustache (laughs) he's just like we've got this over here this over here overall it just smells like the color brown (laughs) your thoughts (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah so here you you're instantly it's almost uh all the smells in this room are familiar which is pleasing and like uh uh you know you get a little nostalgia or whatever but also everything around this guy is horrible (laughs) like (laughs) like he hasn't bathed in in quite a while like i just feel dirty yes whereas janine apparently had just had a shower or whatever Right, right. Got out of a helicopter. helicopter. Like everything was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, okay. So this is a bit of an adjustment, but it's fine. Um, what is everybody around me, like, after I chug the rest of this ale, I guess my question is, how drunk was everybody? So how, like, mm. positively do they react to me just chugging this tankard of ale instead <laughs> of finishing the joke or whatever I was supposed to tell? They're all just looking at you, like, not wide-eyed, like you're not a swigging the whole thing kind of person. Uh, but they are still waiting for the end of the story. And the one looks meaner than the next. It's just a whole cavalcade of assholes. Um, I look to one of the guys who who looks like he might have known like the end of the story I was telling. Mm-hmm. And I just tell him like, "Hey, why don't you finish the joke? You probably know it better than me, anyway." Okay, this guy bangs his hand on the ground or on the table, and everybody's drinks shake, and he slaps his thigh and and pounds his foot and he goes well he starts laughing before he even says the thing so like it must be hilarious and uh he says three fish i i ordered a sandwich That's so dumb. <laughs> it was beautiful. Good job coming up with an impromptu joke. <laughs> Is everybody else now roaring with laughter? Oh, they're they're roaring. Uh, you see a um, one of them is uh, looks like a half elf who is just uh, looking to her left over at that guy and just kind of it looks unimpressed. Right. Um, you hear the bartender tromping over towards you, uh, just out of your view to the right. Does he give me his uh, his overall, I guess, vibe? Is he like coming at me to like collect some money or kick me out, or is he offering me more drinks? What's going on? Cool. So you look over, and he's just yeah, he's just coming over with a tray of shots in little pewter. Uh, 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 glasses what do you whatever you call them cups sure and sure. uh mugs they're tiny they have something in them and they're kind of steaming and uh and you see Tormin is just kind of eyeballing you from the end of the bar he has a little left side of his cloak all the way off his shoulder so you can see his uh his fancy doublet and uh you know there's it's it's low on the sleeve so you can see like the the expensive chain mail mm-hmm. underneath and uh you see everything's just perfectly tailored his kind of shiny blue pants and and uh you can just see the hint of some gold boots and the bartender just looks like this old kind of nearsighted guy that that is big but not uh not too formidable and he nods his head at you guys and then sets down this tray and he says from the master. And then he turns around and walks away. I say, Oi, can we get another round here as well? And I like slam my empty tanker down on the table. Okay, he gives the thumbs up behind him and, and goes back to the bar. Great. Um, I take a shot and okay. I gesture for my uh, company to also take some shots. Okay, uh, four of them do, but the half-elf woman uh, does not. Okay, is this um, 
can I like check to see if this is poisoned or can I like smell it or see if there's anything <laughs> crazy about it since it's like steaming? Do you have uh, experience with poisons? Are you, aren't you like a former assassin? Yeah. Okay. Do you, did we give you any skills in, in a relevant uh, okay. thing? Herbology? Mm. That's Harry Potter. Yeah, you tried, you tried really hard though. <laughs> I have, I have uh, magic, survival... Oh, yeah. Let's call it survival and intelligence. Oh. <laughs> Out of five, I have one success and one joker. Oh, tough. Do you want to use any driver or hero point to beef up that flip? Yeah, I'll use a drive. Okay. Oh, I got another success. Okay, there you go. Two is good. You can tell that it is a uh, it's a fancy liquor. You can't remember, or you, there's two or three different brands. You're not sure which, um, but it seems like a strong whiskey, and uh, there's some kind of herb in it that steams and smokes when it hits liquor. Uh, you've seen it here and there, uh, but you don't smell anything uh, scary. But you do see a few little flecks of red along the rim. And you have no idea what that is. Hmm. Well. Everybody's holding up their shots, like waiting on you. The body I'm in seems to be sturdy, so I'm going to do it. Okay, cool. You, you throw back the shot. And then uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the scum says, to freedom. And everybody goes, ah, ah! and they take a shot. <laughs> and uh, you hear people like bang on the tables behind you. And then you see Merrigan or uh, you see Torin start wa walking this way. And he walks in that kind of way that like a super rich person who who has never been challenged on anything kind of just walks and like people lean forward against the bar so they don't touch his shoulders or whatever. Oh, uh-huh. And uh, you see a barmaid kind of dip out of the way and, and dip her head and and kind of, you know, look at him like as if to say, please, sir, don't don't uh, give me a bad Yelp review or whatever. <laughs> whatever the uh, fantasy equivalent of that would be. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fantasy Yelp. Yeah, fantasy Yelp. <laughs> um, I'm just going to raise. Uh, well, is he is he the master of the bar of this tavern or? You have no idea. You don't know. No idea. Uh, I mean, these people are so rich that they have front companies and like all sorts of different, uh, you know, ways to launder their money or, or sure, sure. whatever. Maybe he bought a bar yesterday. You, you have no idea. <laughs> you don't know. Um, I'm just going to raise my shot glass to him and I say, uh, did this come from you? Uh, he stops maybe 10 feet away and he nods his head. And uh, and you see him rummaging around with his right hand. Uh, he's got fancy red gloves, and he's rummaging around uh, under his cloak and uh, kind of keeps his eye on you, but clearly he's annoyed that he can't get whatever he's grabbing out properly. And um, the the human that was uh, that did the punchline. He, he slides his chair back and he and he stands up and he goes, uh, Master Kameen, you 
you're welcome to have me, chair. And uh, uh, Kameen gives him this look like, why would I want to sit in your gross chair with your butt stains or whatever? <laughs> and then he looks back at you and he pulls out a, uh, looks like a crown royal bag with a fancy gold string and throws it onto the table in front of you. And it plunks down next to your ale. Um, I pick it up and I kind of toss it up and down in my hand. Are you still reclining in your chair? Well, I have to scoot forward a little to get the bag, <laughs> but I will re-recline in my chair, yes. <laughs> okay, you start to re-recline and he steps forward a couple paces and he pulls off his glove and he says, oh, and you feel it, it's full of gold. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, or some heavy coins you haven't looked in yet. And he says... Are you Merrigan? Who's asking? Torin Kameen. I hear you're the best. And he has this look like, yeah, probably not, but that's what I heard. Um, I toss the sack of gold up and down just a little bit more, and I'm like, well, you heard right. What can I do for you? He looks over at your crew, and he says, uh, I've booked a private room back that way. And he points and uh, you see like a red curtain and uh, the barmaid comes out and kind of waves at him. Uh, Your big, tall, skinny fighter is, is standing up with the chair and he's kind of like looks, has a dumb look. Like he's not sure whether <laughs> to get back in his chair or like <laughs> shake the I, guy's hand. I just kind of like stand up boisterously um, and uh, just like gesture for my whole crew. I'm like, come on, lads, let's go. Uh, and he, he like, uh, Torin waves his hand sort of dismissively and he gives you a look like, uh, no, just you and me kind of look. I look back to my crew and I just kind of motion for them to all sit down and be, I'll be right back. Okay, cool. Some of them are drunker than others, but they all kind of slump down and get back to their stories. Uh, you noticed one of them is a big, big half orc like near your size the skinny human fighter the woman or there's two one's a one's a halfling uh and uh the half elf that that seemed to give you this look like your stories are boring uh she kind of follows and watches you guys as you go back to the to the curtain and she gives you this look like uh really you're gonna leave me here kind of look <laughs> and I just kind of lean over and whisper, I'll be back. You can handle him. And I, I flip her a couple gold and I'm like, go have another ale. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. You reach down in your, your money pouch and, and toss that to her. And, uh, and she just gives you this look like clearly you're acting strange compared to, to, uh, is it Merrigan? Hopefully that's who you are. Yeah. Merrigan. Okay, so homeboy's standing with the curtain half open, and he's looking at you like, uh, hello, today, please? Mm. I'm going to make him wait just a little bit longer, and I'm just going to, like, watch my crew for just, like, just like a couple seconds, just long enough to irritate him. <laughs> so you're not even taking part in the conversation. You're just kind of watching him. Yeah. And uh, every once in a while, they, they look up at you, and by the time you're done, they're all looking at you. And uh, the halfling raises up her shot glass and uh, 
pounds a, a fist into the table and she says, go get him, tiger. <laughs> and I give kind of like, a, and then I go in. <laughs> okay, you tromp over there. You notice your boots aren't tied all the way and it's kind of annoying. It's a choice. This This fella, whoever he is, doesn't seem to care about tailored clothes or or uh, everything just feels dirty and like ragged right and uh you tromp through the curtain and homeboy's already like taking a seat at the end of the table and he's pulled out what looks like a deck of cards and he's just kind of absent-mindedly doing that sort of hold the deck on one side and and sort of shuffle oh sure pulling cards Mm -hmm. from the front and back or whatever and he's, so he's just looking down at that while you come in. And you think he might have even pulled out this gold medallion that's like the seal of the family. Oh, I don't give a shit. Almost like he's trying to be like, hey, yeah, you he probably can, know who I am. He can eat my ass. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just going to kind of roughly like all the movements that i'm making are very like like a baby like boxer puppy like just throwing my body at stuff just like (laughs) with no regard of like what i'm gonna smash into or whatever and so i just kind of like toss this chair out and like take a seat in it it's actually like a big wide bench with kind of a plush pillow for you to sit on i kick out the bench with my foot a bit like i kick it out and uh then just kind of plop onto it Nice. Cool. So he uh, he sighs and then he stands up and does that kind of turn where he's not looking at you. And then he comes back to a chair and barely slides it out and looks like he's thinking about sitting. But he's not quite sure. And then he gives you this like long stare and pulls out his chair and sits down. And he says, I hear you're the type of character that can find a missing person. Well, you've heard right. Who's missing? The family had two workers who maybe thought they might enjoy a a little trip along the countryside. And uh, that's not acceptable. So I need someone to, to find them and remind them where they belong. Aye, and who am I looking for? They're two slaves. One's a boy, one's a girl. They, uh, they're changelings. And he, and he kind of snorts like, like that's a gross thing. I'm used to this. How do you react? I am used to that sort of opinion of changelings, so that's not a surprise, um, especially mm-hmm. coming from that family. So I just kind of flare my nostrils a little bit. Uh, but that's it. I'm I'm not going to like make a big deal out of it. Cool. Very cool. Uh, so he, uh, he says, um, we have a map. Uh, we have contacts with some traders along the uh, river. And um, we think they're around this... Uh, this kind of long, wide section of the river where, like, it builds up a lot of silt on both sides. So there's there's campsites and there's uh, there's little islands. Um, 
it's said that some some freed changelings live in little sort of nomadic pockets along the river there and they might have gone there but <clears throat> the trail ran cold at this one particular site and so uh he needs he needs an experienced team to go in there and find out where they are this uh news about like freed like pockets of changelings is like news um, I'm going to try to n- not betray my extreme interest in this subject and instead, <laughs> um, <laughs> instead just ask to see the map. Cool. Yeah. So you see the map and, um, you notice that bus beside each sort of shaded spot where the settlements are, there's a number and there's like three numbers, one on top of each other. So like at most of the the settlements there'll be like a number like 14 and then below that is like a three and then and then there might not be a number or it might be like one or two and from what you're you can guess you think the top number is the number of freed changelings and below that might be like half breeds and below that maybe an escaped slave or two like and this is it's almost like this map is like their intelligence report sure um and how changelings work is like how much of mass effect have you played i guess is my question Mm, just one and two just one and two okay so you know how when um the asari spoilers sorry (laughs) uh you know how you know how when the Asari mate with other alien races their children just take on the like the attributes of an Asari, like even if they're half Elcor or whatever, they just look like an Asari. Oh, and they're always female. All their they're all... progeny. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, Interesting. But in in their race, like all Asari can like father quote unquote children, and they can all like mother children as well. Um, with changelings, it's kind of similar to that, except that when a changeling mates with something of another race like their children always look like just that other race and they might have like minor shape-shifting abilities but nothing as extensive as a changeling and only like one in every 10 changelings can mother children they can all father children but only like a very low number of them mother children okay so it's wild how all these things are coming to your mind all of a sudden you said that you hadn't heard of freed slaves yeah most most it's almost like these guys are just privy to like news that you never got yeah exactly but you have a feeling that because you guys have apparently chased them down that maybe he's just like uh being polite or like classy to like not say you guys are slave hunters and probably killers sure uh, for money so you think it's kind of like that. Like he just doesn't want to get into the nitty gritty. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, and he's a, a, a right proper quote unquote proper gentleman. So he doesn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so he, you think he has a price in mind, but would you like to try to negotiate? Um, so I'm going to ask, uh, what, uh, what's the pay that you're thinking of this? This is a big job. He says, uh, on top of the bag there, uh, there's another 250 uh, for expenses. 
And uh, if you think the coins are similar to, to what you've got, that bag probably has 250 in it. So that's 500. And then uh-huh. uh, another 500 for each of the two captured slaves. Which he also says in code, essentially. Right, sure. So then I guess my next question is for him. Uh, you said that there was a boy and a girl. Yeah. Is the girl and a he breeder? Looks so disgusted. What? I ask, is the girl a breeder? Uh, he kind of sniffs and looks off to the right and he says, uh, From what I hear, yes. <laughs> and you want to give me a thousand gold to capture both of them? Are you kidding? That female he, he is looks worth. At you. He's like, he's like, are you high? Like, like this is just how business is done. Like, how stupid are you? <laughs> you know that breeder is worth minimum three thousand gold pieces. He kind of chuckles. And he uh, he starts to stand up and he says, I'm a gentleman. Keep the bag. And he starts to turn to walk out. I'll take 1,000 for the girl, five for the boy. He looks back at you. You've got a deal. And he reaches down to shake your hand. I shake it. Oh, and he pulls out another bag. Uh, same fancy kind of kind of shit and uh tosses it to you uh this bag's blue the other one was gold and he he kind of points out the curtain probably towards your crew and he says uh take whoever you want pay them out of your share and uh he walks out perfect so you could possibly make two grand on this so now you have to decide how much to pay your your crew Oh man. You're you're sitting there like looking at your money and uh and then you see he pops back in from the curtain and he's holding up a golden envelope with like an eagle seal behind it, which uh you've never seen that before, but um as a house seal, but you've obviously you've seen pictures from back when they existed. They probably don't exist anymore, right? Because of the sun. Oh, uh, golden eagles? Yeah. Um, I mean, birds exist still, mostly kept as, like, pets. But, like, flying out during the sun. Oh, they'd be nocturnal. Yeah, like, nocturnal birds, like owls and stuff, will, like, oh, you know, go cool. into caves at night and then come out, you know, in the night, and or go into caves in, during the day and come out at night. But it's more like nocturnal species that have persisted. Cool. So you, uh, he he kind of moves to, like, throw the card like a frisbee at you. I snatch it out of the air. Nice. Okay. And uh, he turns and leaves. Uh, it just looks like your ordinary paper envelope with this uh, black seal of an eagle. I assume it's got the map in it? Got the Oh, wait. What? No, he, got, he gave me the map already. Okay. I'm going to open this. What is it? Okay. You pull it open and it's it's look just looks like a card like, I don't know, there's a a drawing and it's like just the kind of thing somebody might put up in their house. And, uh, and then you see it, it kind of slides and there's something else in there. It's like a, a glass disc. And, uh, you notice in the picture, there's somebody with a kind of 
monocle on their eye and a cr- on the other side of the picture that's what looks like a map on the wall. Okay, I'm and then gonna... there's just some dumb poem or whatever that's clearly just a red herring. Right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and hold the monocle over my eye and see if I can see anything. Um, you're just like looking around the room? Uh, yeah, and at the paper, like front and back of the paper. Cool. So you see uh, on the picture, somebody has used like somehow a gold pen that you can only see with the glass. And so they've drawn like a, a mustache on the figure and like pointy ears and uh, and like maybe what looks like a bulge around the cod piece and uh, and then uh, a weird little squiggly X. And then on the back, um, it says it says uh, burn this. OK. Um, and remind me what it said on the paper. Sorry, I. Uh, it was just like a, a poem, just like, like a poem, a silly thing that somebody might get for a, a greeting card or whatever. And on the back it says, burn this. Oh, and they've also like done over the lens on the person's eye and they've kind of like drawn an outline of the map on the other side of the card. Gotcha. And, and you think on the, the map in the picture is kind of a what looks like maybe an S shape, like maybe that's a river. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Cool. Well, it, that dude left, right? What's his mm-hmm. face? Great. I'm gonna take this opportunity while I'm alone in this room to see if I can shift. Okay. Cool. Do a flip. I think it's a magic check. Uh, yeah, I think so. Give me one sec. Magic and. Presence, Presence, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Magic and presence flip. Yes. Um, I got three successes. Okay, you got three successes. Um, Yeah, you you feel yourself kind of kind of bubble or whatever, like Mm -hmm. like maybe, um, but it's it's not effortless like it was before it's like it's almost like you feel like you'd have to look at yourself in a mirror and like play with your your cheeks or whatever to like sure to to hone it or whatever more like odo than uh i don't know zartan i don't know some some more recent reference (laughs) (laughs) mystique there There you go go. there you go okay but i could possibly do it though yeah. Is what you're telling me. Okay. Okay. Um, I just like stop trying and like return to whatever half work dude I am right now. I'm Arrigan. And uh, just kind of file that away just for future reference that like maybe, m- maybe I can shift. Cool. If I try hard enough. So what's now? What now? <laughs> um, so I'm going to go back out into the bar Okay, you scoop up the map and the the money bag. Mm-hmm. You notice as you roll up the map, there's a similar S shape because it's a map of the river. Mm-hmm. A similar one on the map to the the little map on the card. Um, I am gonna put the monocle over my eye and maybe look at the map for a second. Nice. So it it lights up with all these gold notes, uh, fancy script. And uh, on the top, it says disputed territory. And at the bottom, it says 
Concordia. You have no idea what that is. And there's like several kind of lines coming from the word Concordia. And there's like kind of square arch shapes attached to them. And you notice elsewhere on the map, like those are cave entrances. And so at where the, where the river should like go out to, a, I don't know, a waterfall or a delta or whatever, it just kind of goes past these four holes gotcha. off the edge of the map. And then the river, like along the river, it says like uh, it has names of slaves that were spotted it has basically it has all the information you would need to kind of roam this area with plenty of intelligence sure oh did i get the names of the slaves that i was supposed to be looking for uh in fact there's uh on the back of the map you see there's two faces and uh he said boy and girl like they could be middle school high school age and they have long hair, and they, they have very similar faces. Uh, they might even be fraternal twins. And below it says, uh, the left one, the boy, it says Rikai. And uh, the girl, it says Obai. You recognize them as uh, related to a family... Um, you know, husband and wife and kids, like they might have been separated, but you recognize uh, something about them just reminds you of a family you might have come across. Cool. So uh, you scoop up your shit and you go out through the curtain and everybody's looking at you and you notice that the, the blonde half elf was like halfway between the table and you like she was she got up to, to come see what you were doing in there kind of deal. And she has this expectant look on her face. And I was like, hey, we got a job. Everybody goes, yay. Yeah. And they uh, <laughs> they all stand up and kick back their chairs. They throw some, some bronze or silver coins down on the, the table. And uh, the blonde just looks at you like, uh, and then she kind of looks back at the crew. And it, it's almost like her eyebrows are saying, like, you really want to bring all of these idiots? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she comes up and she whispers. She's like, um, how much are you paying these people? Oh, that's a good point. How about you you, you and me just go? Just you and me? We yeah. It's a muscle. What about your cousin? Uh, I guess we could take my cousin. And uh, you see um, somebody start walking over. Uh, oh, I should ask you, do tieflings exist here? Yes. Okay. So you see somebody coming over and you're like, oh, shit. It's a purple-skinned woman and she uh, slides her hood back off her horns and she looks like really fucking serious. And Furbold's like, uh, Mistress Bloodwine's been looking for some action. Uh, I'd suggest her, although she might want more than the others. Are you sure we should? I don't know. <laughs> Your cousin's a good fighter, but he's kind of an idiot. Listen, they're all kind of idiots. 
<laughs> she smiles and and uh, uh, looks around like I uh, hope nobody heard that. Honestly, like with this group, I'm sure if I called them all idiots, they'd all just like laugh and punch each other in the arms and be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she says, uh, she says, I don't think you can give any of them less than 25. And uh, uh, what are we? Is this a, is this a pickup? Is this a, a wrap up? Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a manhunt. Oh, sweet. Uh, so, yeah, they're probably going to need at least 25 per. How many were we, uh, we looking at? <sighs> well, it needs to be sort of stealthy. I know that's not something we do a whole lot. <laughs> not Definitely not Uluk. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's an orcish name, so you hope that's your cousin. I mean, I sure hope so. Um, <laughs> He's over at another table, like, ordering rounds for strangers. That sounds about right. Listen, how's about you and me? How's about you and me go? And then pick a couple others you think will be able to keep a low profile. Okay. She says the mistress. She kind of motions for the woman in the green cloak to walk forward. And she slides up to you guys, and and she looks up at you, and uh, and she says, "What are we doing?" Retrieval. Okay. She slides open her cloak, and she pulls out what looks like a kind of little crystal ball in a gold cage, and she's kind of spinning it around her fingers absentmindedly. But then you see her eyes kind of glazing over. Maybe she's meditating. And the halfling tromps over towards you. Uh, she's got like uh, like uh, big eyebrows and a, a doofy smile. She's got a huge sword and a scabbard over her back. And she's tromping over this way. You can hear that the half-elf beside you kind of sigh. And I kind of just look at my half-elf companion. I'm like, what do you think? She says, thick brow. Can you be quiet for once? (laughs) She like, the halfling looks around like, what? We're in a bar. Who cares? And uh, she, the half-elf puts her her head in her hand and uh, Mistress Bloodwine looks down at her just like, idiot (laughs) you know just on her face it's obvious what they both think of her and then you see your cousin look back at you and he's like got the eyebrows like like are we doing this and i look over at him and i'm gonna pull like 10 gold out of my purse Mm -hmm. and kind of walk over to him and be like this one's gonna require a small team you stay here and Make sure that all these people are uh, nice and boozed up. And I, like, drop the ten gold pieces in his hand. Whoa. How am I going to explain this? Where'd this come from? It's an advance. Don't worry about it. So when you say leave me here, like, like, like out of the job? Listen, like I said, we need a small team. And you're anything but small. 
<laughs> I thought you meant small, like like just a few people. <laughs> so so am I like a lookout? Who am I looking for? Uh, how about you? Uh, you send us a message if that uh that sketchy noble ass shows back up. Yeah, he looked like a, a crag hand. Yeah, I uh, I reckon it was. Okay, okay. Well, what do I do if he comes back? Just make sure he's not planning on uh, sending anyone else out to take care of us. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. He looks around. He's like, uh, I got some guys. What about Habad? You going to take him? And the tall, skinny guy is like over at the bar settling up. Uh, I think we're going to stick with the team I've got over there right now, but like I said, you guys make sure that everything uh, stays stays he right you this here. Look like uh like you're just taking all ladies and and he's like uh I don't mean to be rude, Merrigan, but uh it's a lot of estrogen. Uh <laughs> sure you can handle that? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna like just nudge him with my elbow, and I'm just gonna be like, "You know I can," and like wink at him. <laughs> he's like, "Okay, okay." He puts his hands out, and he, and he's like, uh, "You do, Daddy, proud, all right." And I, uh, as I'm walking away, I just kind of like salute him a little. Okay, you know some gangsters call their capo daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're still not sure which mob boss there. Yeah. They're loyal to. Oh, although you had the... Oh, the three dots are kind of universal around here. Okay. Let's see. Oh, the grave sweepers. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of like the... The shock troops. And they'll work for different families. So, yeah, half your team is more like about kicking ass... But uh, you think you think the halfling elf, uh, half elf, and tiefling will will be quiet enough? Yeah, I think we'll be good. Okay, cool. Uh, so we'll do a, a unless you want to do anything else here, we can do a quick uh, prep montage. Um, yeah, sure. Prep montage is fine. I don't have anything else. Okay, to do. cool. Y'all go back to to your homes and uh, get your shit together. Um, are you gonna? Do you have horses down here? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. You uh, you have a mule and a horse. Uh, you could stick the halfling and uh, and one of the others on a horse together, and and you and one of the others could either walk with the mule or or ride it, take turns, whatever. Mule looks pretty tough. We'll take turns. We can caravan this. Okay, cool. Uh, we need a cool name for the mule <laughs> and the horse. Um, the horse isn't much of a runner or a jumper, but it's it's tough and it's uh, it's mean. <laughs> we'll name them bait and switch. <laughs> bait and switch, cool. All right, nice. So, uh, yeah, you have a quick montage. Do you, do you buy any clothes? Do you uh, do you? Uh, get a new sword we get our we get all of our like weapons serviced and you know <laughs> nice and 
in, get, in, get your in horses every, detailed in every sense of the word um and the, yeah get our horses detailed and uh yeah everything nice and sharpened up and make sure our armor is in good repair and just kind of get everything ready cool so you're you're heading out uh you're going off to the west and uh the ground slowly slopes up and um yeah, a quick montage. You go past field of mushrooms, and it's it's beautiful. Another place, it's like a limestone with like all sorts of waterfalls coming in. And then you get to the ramp up to the top, and um, and you have to cross uh, up above during nighttime, obviously. Um, right. For what looks like maybe a twenty minute ride to the southwest, and then you get back underground and. Uh, and you go that way for a, maybe 30 miles or so, according to the map. And then you come up again. Okay. So, let's see. Would you run into anybody up above, do you think? I mean, probably, like, merchants and travelers and stuff like that. But nobody, I don't think, uh, like, patrols the bridge or anything. Okay, cool. You uh, you get up and you guys cross the the twenty minute ride pretty easily. There's a few creepy looking peddlers. Uh, they they offer you some wine. Um, none of the ladies want to try it, and so you keep moving. And uh, and then you're back underground, and you go that way about thirty miles. It's slow going. the The ground doesn't seem to be well kept. Um, there is a, and you see up ahead, like um, before the, the ramp tunnel up to the top again, there is, a, uh, how do I describe it? There's a big open area, and you've never been out this way. There's a big open area, and you see tents and some, some what looks like they've, they've made a palisade out of logs and, um, and junk. It looks like somebody has set up a, a little town or or barricade or something do we have any sort of like looking glass or anything that we can you know stop a little bit far out and kind of take a peek at everybody or cool zimby uh oh you find out their names by the way uh the half elf (laughs) is furbold hanamar she's like a, a rogue she's sneaky zimby thick brow is your halfling fighter the one with the big sword on her back and panzera sog AKA Mistress Bloodwine is your tiefling priestess. Um, so uh, Mistress Bloodwine like uh, kind of fucks around with her pipe and uh, just kind of chills on the mule. And uh, Zimby finally pulls out this shitty old brass kind of scope and she hands it to you. All right. I'm going to kind of take a look at what's going over there in that little uh, camp. Yeah, you see it's uh, a few orcs, a couple of hobgoblins, and just random humans. And they look pretty uh they look pretty tough. These don't look like ordinary just settler types. Okay. Do you want to do an investigation flip? Uh yeah. Okay, so this will be intelligence and investigation. Mhm. I got two successes. Nice. Okay. Uh, you're pretty sure this is a new setup. And uh, 
And Mistress Bloodwine says, I don't like the smell of this. The, s- the smell? Okay. And Furbold, uh, the half-elf, she growls and she um, looks around and she's like, there's, there's probably other ways around this. I don't know. I don't know. I'm with Mistress. This, this doesn't smell right. Well, uh, what doesn't smell right about it? Look, these guys just set up a barricade. They're probably going to shake us down. Yeah, you're probably right. We don't really have time to shake them down. <laughs> oh, uh, Zimby like starts to pull up her sh- sleeve. She's like, I'm ready to go whenever you want. Listen, we finish this job, we get paid. No reason to uh, go knock together some heads for no reason. Ugh. <sighs> gotta be kidding me you start heading up uh another channel you backed up maybe 100 feet and found another another tunnel you start to turn you see a a, like a handwritten sign or hand painted or whatever it says uh it says last chance tavern and um furbold kind of just shakes her head like ugh like this, this is like legendarily bad tavern kind of is what what it looks like and um, you start, you're, you're maybe 100 feet up this channel and you see two, two guys with short bows kind of down, like, but, but arrow knocked and they stop and they look up at you guys and uh, they look kind of similar to those other guys. Hmm. And, um, and they say, uh, hey there, folks. Looks like we've... Uh, come to an impasse and then you hear more footsteps coming up behind you I uh I put my hand on my short sword okay how's about you uh you let us pass oh I don't know about that mistress bloodwine does a thing She throws up her hands and uh, red beams just shoot out of her, her, her palms and engulf this guy in some weird pink light. And you're just like, dang. And the guy kind of shakes and he hasn't fallen down, but he sort of loses his grip on his bow and his arrows kind of dangling between two fingers. The guy to his left just fires at whoever's in the front are you on the mule or walking beside it uh walking beside it okay so you take an arrow um okay so they got two successes and a joker this arrow comes flying at you and you just duck under it and uh the arrow goes sailing past you and you hear the guy's back can i catch the arrow instead Oh, yes, you may. You reach out. Boom, you grab it. Uh, Do you, uh, why don't you roll a brawn, I don't know, do you have melee or ranged weapons? I have melee, yeah. Yeah, so roll brawn melee. Or flip, rather. (laughs) We know. I got three successes. Nice. You easily grab the shaft and... uh, turn your wrist and you're you're just looking all badass and uh and zimby goes 
fuck yeah! And she jumps <laughs> off the horse, draws her sword like while she's running, and she's just going after the guy on the left. <laughs> I figure, let's let her have this one. So uh, let's do nice. this. Um, so you've got this arrow. What do you want to do with it? Um, I just want to like look at the guy who shot it at me mm-hmm. and like snap it in half. And nice. just like with as much bravado as I can muster, just like crush the arrow in my hands and just like okay, raise let's call my this eyebrow. An intimidate. Do you have like a persuasion skill or an intimidate skill? Persuasion. Nice. Okay. Uh, let's let's call this intimidate. So it'll be uh, brawn and intimidate. So basically, just brawn, I guess. But you'll get a you'll get two extra cards because this is. Badass. Uh, one success. Okay. Okay. So, uh, let's see. The one success was to intimidate. He he stands his ground and draws another arrow. Uh, I think everybody's gone. Oh, Furbold. She rides forward and draws her short bow and takes a shot. Uh, hits with it. And okay, guy just takes off running. <laughs> um, can I uh like sh- chuck my sword at him or something? I just want to get him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, melee brawn. Great. Oh, ho, ho, ho. two successes. One is the Queen of Hearts. Two successes. Uh and one of the one is Queen of Hearts. What's yep. your charm? Uh three. Oh nice. So that's three. So you got two plus three. You uh you hurl a sword and you get the guy as he's turning to run, and it cleaves half of his back, and there's blood everywhere, and he screams and he falls down. A few arrows come flying behind you, and one hits Zimby and kind of keeps going. You think it's probably a flesh wound, and uh-huh. uh, and then one comes at you and sails past you. <laughs> so Furball Furbold is racing forward on that horse, and and she kind of rears up and bowls over the the person that was was frozen in the pink. And uh, Zimby jumps on the horse behind her. Mistress Bloodwine has turned and has started like creating all this green energy, and she's getting ready to blast it at these three folks. Uh, and uh, do you want to do anything cool before we shut it down? Um, I think I'm just gonna like go and like pluck my sword out of this dude I've cleaved in half. <laughs> nice. Do you want to lead the mule with you? No, leave her no, I'm there. just gonna. Well, hmm. Yeah, I guess I'll bring the mule. Okay, actually, I'm gonna give the mule a uh, a chill check. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, the mule manages to not freak out. So yeah, you. The mule's probably lead, used to this bullshit by now. You're kind of tromping forward pretty quickly, yanking the mule, and the guys keep shooting. Um, you take one damage. Okay. 
and then you guys are around the corner and you just racing as fast as you can go and you, you manage to outrun them. And then you barrel past a couple that were just like hanging out at the top of the tunnel and uh, maybe drinking or whatever. And here the tunnel like opens up and it's this, this pathway that runs right around the big sort of caverny area where that, where that barricade was set up. And you see a few people in cages down there. Like clearly they made the barricade so nobody would see what they were doing behind it. And they've basically been either shaking people down or, or capturing people. And yeah, you guys keep riding and, and eventually you come out above and, uh, and it's just a beautiful night. There's owl flies by, you hear crickets and, uh, and it's full moon. Do you want to say anything to your crew either before or after the credits? <laughs> <laughs> um, nah. Okay. Or try to use your powers. I don't know. Um, no, I think I'm just gonna, like, hold on to that. I'm gonna try to, like, hold up all of my transformation energy and, like, when I really need it, like, use it. Because I don't want to, like, exert myself when it's unnecessary. You know what I'm saying? Cool. So, yeah, you guys are riding through the dark and, uh, and you're on this pathway where, like, kind of floating blue lights turn on as you come close and, and it, like, directs you all the way over over this long trail till you get to a river. That's the end of this chapter. Brittany, how do people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at necroforge at gmail.com or you can look us up at Guild of Misfits on Facebook or Instagram or Podbean or Twitter um, and listen to our uh our podcast it's called the forge and our uh, alpha guide is available at bit.ly front slash front slash the forge cast and that is the p-h-o-r-g-e the forge p-h-o-r-g-e that's awesome uh i guess that's it uh any thoughts about where the game's going or, or predictions or anything like that uh, that was super fun. I love being a half orc. That is all I have to say about that. I've never played a half orc before, and I'm digging it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Uh, yeah, folks, listen to the Forge and Brittany. We'll play with y'all real soon. All right. See ya. War for the Tower is a special project of the Trap Society and Colossus Media Group. Our theme song is Morgana Rides by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at incompetech.com. Send us an email at warforthetower at gmail.com. Stay weird, everybody. Sorry, I have my gain way down. All the oh, way down. okay. How about raise it up slowly so I don't get my ears blown up? I'll just yell really, really loud and very abruptly so that... <laughs> <laughs> Is that fine? Is that cool? That's great. <laughs> One of the culprits I discovered was a... It was an old aux cable that I was using to... Uh, to output some sound from my mixing board to 
uh, my thing to create a backup and uh, my Zoom. Oh, uh-huh. And I found out it was picking up radio stations. And what? I was like, what the fuck? So I, I've shelved that cable. <laughs> I probably should just the throw it away. The radio station cable. Yeah. Your life is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Why so am I, I laughing? And I suggested that. No, and it's, I get it. <laughs> you gotta. Did I not shuffle this? Holy shit. Uh, five, right there, six successes. <laughs> Sweet shit. What is happening uh, right now? <laughs> oh, I'm fucked. I'm gonna I don't know what's going on, just... but I'm fucked. For a more produced show like this, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there's tons of tons of funny. <laughs> We're a funny bunch, that's for sure. I don't know how I'm going to end these things, so I guess they're just going to end. <laughs> and I'll think <laughs> of some way to do it. Uh, unless nice. you think of something. It's a, a very, like, customizable experience, if I can say that without sounding really gross. <laughs> Trigger warning, y'all. <laughs> Trigger warning, sorry. Um, it's a Stephen King-related podcast. Yeah, I, I hope they know. Sorry. They have rivers in your world, right? Underground yeah. <laughs> rivers. <laughs> well, and you can go out. You can go outside? Yeah, you can go outside as long as it's nighttime. So basically what happened is the 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 sun will like it's it's so intense that it will burn you alive if you go out in it unless you have like specialized magical equipment. So you can still go out but it's kind of shifted to being like a nocturnal society where everybody like sleeps during the daytime because you have to stay inside. I would imagine that uh people would live closer together. So yeah, they, there are. They don't have to be there overland are, too much. There are three centralized cities. Two of them are underground. So Jessup's Hole and Tharshold are both underground, and Bladefall is the only above ground one. But it does have really tall walls. Oh, okay, cool. So it like wherever the sun hits is is shielded somehow. Yeah. So the wall is is built out of like really sturdy material, and also it's uh like enchanted. Um so that it doesn't burn and the walls are high enough that like the city for the most part is shielded from like any sun hitting it. Cool. And are the, the undergrounds more like caves or has somebody built tons of tunnels? Um, it's, it's like lots of tunnels. Jessup's hole is kind of more of an open marketplace style. Cause that's where a lot of the slave trade goes on. But Tharshold is very much like a dwarven city. Like, mm. Um, if you ever played like Dragon Age, like the Dwarven City in Dragon Age, like that's very much, it's like this big shit. city. Yeah. Oh man. I haven't played Xbox in a long time, but man, <laughs> Dragon Age was the shit. Dragon Age is I'm thinking the shit. about You're getting uh, my Xbox fixed or getting another one because um, I might be on Reignite podcast talking about Mass Effect later in the year. So oh, I, yeah. I should probably play it again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I told somebody recently, like, you may feel like nobody's there for you, but when you express vulnerability and say, like, I'm doing this, people want to help, you know? Yeah. People want to 
prove themselves by loving someone or whatever, you know, like, but if they think you're fine, you know, they'll just kind of coast along and not realize you, you, you know, unless they're super like Mr. Rogers types and are very, uh, perceptive and intuitive and all that. Mm-hmm. But so we're all walking around each other thinking each other are fine. Like, you know, yeah, you gotta talk and that's about why it. you have to, that that's why you have to talk about it. Amen. People look at me like I'm a fucking crazy person when I talk about it, but I'm like, listen, if you don't talk about it, somebody else might think that they're alone and that's not okay because they're not. Hell yeah. Yeah. And especially if you, if you're a person with privilege like I am and I have access to a microphone, like I feel kind of like it's my duty. My dad was like, what? You, you talked about it on there. You got to be careful. Or and I'm like, dad, I got a stable job. It's safe. It's not going anywhere. I don't have to be afraid of, uh, of getting fired or getting passed over for promotions or whatever. Like, yeah. Uh, so I might as well use that and maybe do some good. But I mean, it's even down yeah. to just being around your friends or whatever. I the only thing I don't like is when somebody rolls in and the first time you ever hang out with them, all the issues with their family come pouring out or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like it's cool to be intuitive and like talk about your feelings, but like, whoa there. Like chill. Like chill. <laughs> I don't need to know your whole life story right now, please. Yeah. <laughs> But man, it's really cool that you can uh, you can talk about this stuff with us. That's cool. It's like that six word story that Ernest Hemingway wrote: "For sale, baby shoes, never worn." Oh yes, that is dark. Yeah, of course. You know, I read this like right after my second miscarriage, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go uh, cry for a bit. I'll be back. God. I'm gonna just go be oh. with myself for a minute." <laughs> Fuck. Oh man, I didn't know you wanted to have kids. Yeah. Um at first it was kind of like a oh we'll just see when it happens and then I got pregnant um like in like in May of 2017 and didn't know until I was already bleeding and I went to the doctor and they were like, "Oh yeah, you're having a miscarriage." And I was like, "Oh, great. Cool." Mm. Um and then my husband and I were like, oh, yeah, maybe we should, like, actually try to have kids. And I got pregnant again that uh, October. And we found out the day before Thanksgiving that the baby did not have a heartbeat. And then the day after Thanksgiving, <sighs> stayed home, passed baby. It was not great. I feel like from from what I've heard, not to read into your experience, but... Um, oh, you're fine. Uh, it's like it gets worse and worse the longer... The longer... It, it survives or whatever like yeah i mean imagine stillborn well and my friend erica it was like eight months or something it was nuts oh my god yeah yeah. i think it was yeah no maybe well and and the reason it gets it gets so i guess physically painful farther along is because the baby's bigger obviously and then emotionally painful because you've you know been growing that person for longer like i was 12 weeks when i found out and I had found out that um, baby had 
stopped growing at like seven weeks so i number one had to live with the knowledge that i had been carrying like a dead infant around inside of me for like a month uh and then two like it was a terrible like six or so hours (laughs) of just like cramping and passing and yelling at my dogs because i was in pain but it was not great oh you didn't go to the hospital so far no no i i had you know, consulted the doctor about it. He was like, well, if you pass it naturally and it doesn't go on for like an exorbitant amount of time, like you don't have to worry about it. Mm. But, you know, if it's like more than you, you know, just gauge it by like how you feel. And if, if you feel like it's something's wrong, like you should go to see a doctor. But my, my doctor was 45 minutes from me. Um, wow. Fuck. Yeah. That's because, rural. Well, I had gone I had gone to a doctor in Cheyenne where I lived for the first one and it was a terrible terrible experience. So mm. I decided to go to a doctor in Fort Collins for the second one. And like I kid you not, I told Paul I was like I would literally rather give birth to a baby on a highway than in Cheyenne. <laughs> oh my god. Is there just one hospital or something? There is just one hospital and supposedly it's really good but like my experience there was really bad, and then my friend's husband like is had it, a. Is it just because you had a infection. miscarriage, or was it the whole length of the process? Um, it was just it was just like this particular day, and I don't know if maybe it was so bad because is because I was so upset, but like I went in and because like I called them and I told them that I had a positive pregnancy test and they were like, all right, cool. Let's get you in to see our, our OB like in the next couple of weeks. And I was like, cool. So I made the appointment started bleeding, um, called them back and I was like, Hey, pretty sure I just had a miscarriage. Like it was so early that it was basically just a period. And so they told me to come in anyway and do an ultrasound to make sure that everything had come out. Okay. So I go in at like eight o'clock in the morning which was two hours before my original appointment, they brought me into the ultrasound room and they were like, well, okay, so when was your last period? And I told them and they were like, well, we might not want to do an ultrasound just because it's not going to like reveal anything because it it just is going to look like a heavy period. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. And she goes, okay, let me go check and see if they actually want me to do one because I don't want you to have to pay for it. Because like your placenta and all that wouldn't have Mm -hmm. grown much or whatever. Or no, at like all. at all. Yeah. <laughs> like at all. So, uh, man. So she Ugh. comes back in and she's like, Yeah, we decided, you know, I talked to the doctor and he said that, you know, you don't have to get an ultrasound because you're going to have to pay for it and that would just be stupid. And I was like, Okay, cool. So then I go back out into the waiting room and they're like, Hey, have you done your, you know, like 30 minutes later they come out? They're like, Hey, have you done your urine sample yet? And I'm like, Nope, nobody told me to do that. So I didn't. And so she's like, okay, well, go back and do that. And I was like, okay. And did it. Waited another 45 minutes. She's like, okay, can you come back here for a minute? And I was like, yeah, sure. So she takes me into an examination room and she's just like, so the the pregnancy test was negative. And I was like, um, yeah, I could have told you that. She was like, so you can go. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> Okay, which brings me to what I wanted to say, and I stop me if this is uh, too much or whatever. You're but good. Um, it's like after you come home from a, a unpopular war, and like there's not really anything to 
to cycle you back into real life. I have heard that there's once your pregnancy is over in that way, like there's very little, uh, you know, when a baby is born, like all the nurses and everything surround you with love or whatever mm-hmm. and family and everything. But I, from what I hear, it's very isolating. So I was going to yeah. ask if you guys had tried any support groups or anything like that. It's been over a well, year, right? Yeah, since even the second one. Um, the first one, they were just like, all right, you can go home. And I was like, okay, bye. So I just like went home and was by myself and it was oh. horrible. Um, mm. And like this was, you know, b- before my husband and I had a chance to talk about it, it was it was like he was trying to be really strong. Mm. so that i could be upset and what i really just wanted is for him to also be upset yeah Um, you just fill that house with uh screaming and yelling (laughs) yeah well and i told him he was just like i just feel like i can't be upset about it because you're upset about it and i was like i would like for us to both be upset about it this was like a big deal and the fact that you're not upset about it makes me really really uncomfortable so we had that discussion um and then like nothing they never called me they never like checked in to see if i was okay they were just like all right bye and i was like okay bye the second one was in fort collins which i think is maybe why it was different they like called me every week and they were like hey how are you doing there was like a support group that i could go to i didn't ever but you know i to know it's there is cool to to be sent in the right direction is cool i mean it takes very little to help someone ease through grief into you know trauma work or whatever like Mm -hmm. but if you don't (laughs) acknowledge it it help heal like person is adrift nothing it was like the first time it was like i had lost a pair of shoes and they were like all right bye god like okay like at what stage in the process do they like show compassion (laughs) like five months i mean like do they have to wait till the baby's like about to be born like it's weird right? yeah and then my friend like one of my friends right after um we had lost our baby she found out she was pregnant and then she was like 27 weeks or something like that oh my god and, and she she stopped feeling her daughter kicking and so she went in and it turns out her daughter had turner syndrome and she had died whoa and so she had to like give birth to a 27 week old baby who was dead. And I was like, oh my God, I can't. That's like viable preemie like, age, like, right? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But she had, she had Turner syndrome. It's like 99.9% of all babies who have it die. Ooh. Yikes. It's not, it's like a, a catastrophic birth defect. Mm. So. Do they know how it's caused? Um, it's an X linked and you have to have two X's. So it only happens in baby girls. They don't know. I think it's just like a chromosomal thing. No idea. Man. Well, hope you guys got through it. Okay, man. I mean, does it make you scared to like try again? Oh, absolutely. Even the second one I text. My cousin has had a miscarriage and I texted her. I was like, do you ever stop worrying? And she was like, absolutely not. Jesus. I was like, cool. <laughs> but that's cool that you you had somebody that had talked about it. Like before, well, uh, like a quarter of women had them, and they just never talked about. It. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's like the worst part too, is that like, and like, however you grieve about it is fine. Like if you're not upset, that's also okay. Like it's fine. It's just that it's, it's ridiculous that people don't talk about it because yeah, one in four women will have a miscarriage, like, or one in one in four pregnancies even end in miscarriage. So it's like ridiculous that people don't talk about it more. So and and OBGYNs like should factor that into their schedules. Like like if it's a quarter, you know what I mean? Like they should mm-hmm. be like, yeah, follow-up care for this is 25% important or whatever, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And like Man. the second the second doctor we went to was fantastic. Like he called and checked up us on us a couple times. Our ultrasound tech was like, "Hey, I just wanted to tell you I'm like really really sorry that this happened and you know, I, I've been through it. So if you ever need to call and you know mm. talk about it or anything, we have, you know, groups that you can come down, you know, we have counselors here. Like if you ever need to talk, we're here. Um, so they were super great. But yeah, the first time in Cheyenne was just terrible. It was not great. Jeez. But yeah, I try to talk about it like when it comes up, mostly just because, you know, being like 25, most of my friends now have children or are married and are going to be having children and just like being one of the first of my friends to ever get pregnant it was just like really isolating because i didn't know anybody you didn't know anyone that was pregnant or that had had i didn't know anybody who had had a miscarriage and at this point i didn't know that my like my cousin and my aunt had both had miscarriages i didn't know that my grandma had like shit happens all the time and it sucks but like if you don't ever talk about it nobody's ever gonna know and everybody's gonna feel the way i felt and i hate that special thanks to kevin cole the maker of space kings for letting us use the space king system to to make this show it's pretty cool space kings